Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Exchange Traded Fridays, a weekly podcast brought to you by ETF.com. I'm Sumit Roy, and with me today is my colleague, Heather Bell, who is here to discuss something that is very topical, and that is energy. Energy is definitely one of the stories of the year, both for Wall Street and Main Street, as it's one of the biggest drivers of inflation. But it's not all bad news. Energy ETFs have been some of the top performers of the year. In fact, during the first half of 2022, the bulk of the top performing ETFs hailed from that sector. Heather, let me toss it to you. How big of a story do you think energy is for ETF investors? Um, I think it's pretty huge. It's up. Just looking at XLE, the select sector spider, it's up 28% almost year to date. And over the 12-month period, it's up over 36%. And everything else, almost at least on a year-to-date level, is down. The only other refuges that you can kind of see in the sector spaces, at least, really seem to be consumer staples, healthcare, and utilities. Just to run down the numbers, I'm looking at the select sector comparison tool that they have on their site. If you look at the numbers, XLE is up like astronomically compared to everything else. On a year-to-date basis, XLV is down 7.5%, but over the 12-month period, it's up about 1%. XLP, the Consumer Staples Fund, is down 5.3% year-to-date, but over 12 months, it's up 4.31%. And then XLU is down 2% year-to-date and up eight and a quarter, basically, over the 12-month period. That's pretty good. Communication services and consumer discretionary have been hit probably the worst of any sectors over the year-to-date and 12-month period. Or, well, actually, excuse me on that. Technology is also in that group. So I'd say communication services, consumer discretionary, and technology are all hit the hardest. But what I'm wondering about that is, even with the good news with consumer staples and healthcare and utilities year-to-date, they're still down. They are up over the 12-month period, but it's been a rough year for pretty much almost every sector except energy. I mean, I feel like right now getting in an energy might be risky. I don't know what it's telling you um, or what you're seeing in the market when you look at the data, but it's up so much with everything else down. Is it possible that it's topped out? That's what I'm wanting to meet. Like, what are you thinking? That, that is the big question, Heather. That is the big question. And it is nerve-wracking buying at these high levels for energy. But I think the most relevant question when you are investing in energy is, what are oil and natural gas prices going to do? That's obviously not something that most people can predict, but you have to have some sort of view on the long-term outlook for those commodities because this isn't like any other business. There are some big, big forces working against this industry. The most notable is obviously the concerns about climate change and the aggressive shift away from fossil fuels. 
the same thing happened to coal. And you can see the coal industry is still around, but it's a shadow of its former self. Natural gas was actually the big beneficiary of the shrinking of the coal industry since it was seen kind of as a cleaner fuel, kind of like a bridge fuel between fossil fuels and renewables. But in recent years, even natural gas started to fall out of favor. Though, you know, this year we have seen the pendulum kind of swing back the other ways because the world needs every bit of energy it can get its hands on with everything going on with Russia and how they're using energy as a weapon. So as a potential investor in energy, you really have to ask yourself, where is the fossil fuel industry going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now? Are we going to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles? If so, that's obviously not good for oil. How about the shift to renewables like solar? That wouldn't be good for natural gas. So you kind of have to have a view on those things and where you expect oil and natural gas prices to be if you're going to be a long-term investor in traditional energy. Did I miss well, anything? I, sorry, I was going to interrupt you. <laughs> I was like, but what if you guess wrong? We've all seen that net zero is the objective. A great point. What if you guess wrong, right? If you don't have any view on those, then you should probably keep energy at a market weight position within your portfolio. If you're going to go out and invest in energy-specific ETFs, more likely than not, you want to overweight energy in your portfolio. And if you're going to do that, then you have to have a view. If you don't have a view, then keep it at market weight. Gotcha. That makes sense. It just, it, it seems to me like there's so many opportunities possibly for traders because i mean if you want to be dire you could say that fossil fuels are in their death throes right now simply because we have to transition to a less damaging energy source but you know there's going to be these times when it needs when when fossil fuels are going to be heavily relied upon like right now i believe uh the whole conflict with Russia and Ukraine has kind of exacerbated things, hasn't it? It has. And the whole boom-bust cycle in energy commodities, that's not going away, even if we're going to use less and less energy over time. And you're going to have periods where the commodities are in boom phase due to geopolitics, due to underinvestment in previous years. And that's what we're seeing this year. We're seeing record gasoline prices, even though Arguably, the long-term outlook for gasoline has never been worse, given that we're starting to really accelerate towards electric vehicles. So within the long-term trend, there's going to be shorter-term cycles. I don't think that aspect of commodities is ever going to change. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very like kind of conservative investor, so it seems like there's so many opportunities out there, but it also seems like there's the potential to really take a hit to your portfolio if you make a strong bet either way. Definitely. I guess I'm a nervous Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. These aren't tools for the average investor, especially when we're talking about these commodity-specific ETFs. Like yeah. We always say there's two ways to get exposure to energy. One is through commodity ETFs, and the other way is through energy ETFs especially when it comes to commodity ETFs, things like United States Oil Fund, USO, United States Natural Gas Fund, UNG. These are very risky products. They're going to give you exposure to oil and gas futures. And as some listeners probably know, futures contracts expire at the end of every month. So these ETFs roll their positions from one contract to the next. Over long periods of time, that role is going to have more of an impact on your returns 
than the movements in the underlying commodities. And that impact tends to be negative over very long periods of time, though it can be positive in shorter time periods. So these should be considered more like trading tools for aggressive investors or aggressive traders rather than buy and hold type of investments. Energy equity ETFs, on the other hand, they can be bought and held just like any other stock ETF. But like I said earlier, you have to have a view on the long-term outlook for the oil and gas industry itself if you're going to use these ETFs to overweight energy within your portfolio. If you're bullish, then I think the most straightforward ETF in the space is XLE, which holds all of the energy stocks within the S&P 500. And IEO is another good option that focuses on independent exploration and production companies. So the big difference with this ETF is you're not going to see the vertically integrated super majors, which dominate XLE, like Exxon and Chevron. It's essentially a higher beta way to invest in the sector. IEO is the iShares fund? Right, that's the iShares fund. A few more I should actually mention. Those two are solid options. But there's more niche type of ETFs out there as well. I talked about IEO and XLE. Um, another one that if you want to invest in the refining area, there's CRAK that holds refining stocks like Valero, Marathon, Petroleum, et cetera. Refining margins have actually been at record levels this year. So this fund has been doing very, very well. And finally, I should mention FCG. That's similar to IEO in that both are ENP-focused ETFs, but FCG holds those ENP companies which primarily produce natural gas. So it's much more levered to prices of that fuel rather than oil. So are those outperforming XLE? Yeah, they're all higher beta ways to play the energy sector. So on the way up, you would expect them to go up more, and that's what we've mm -hmm. seen. And mm -hmm. likewise, if uh, prices go back down, then they're going to fall more. Well, I, I mean, I was seeing um, th that there was one market commenter, I can't remember who exactly it was, was talking about, well, uh, because Jim Cramer is, you know, talking up energy stocks, I'm going to say short energy stocks. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's apparently well known for taking contrary view to whatever Jim Cramer of Mad Money posits, and he's arguing to short energy stocks. I I don't know. I, I think that might be a dangerous bet, but what do you think about an idea like that? Dangerous bet is the word, right? I mean, um, whenever you short something, and especially if you use inverse ETFs to do it, you're, you're exposing yourself to so many other risks. The math behind inverse ETFs is just horrible. Even if you get the call right, you could end up losing money. And similarly, with outright shorting stock, and for very aggressive trader types, they could look into that. It's just not something that's meant for the average investor. Yeah, well, I guess people could also um, invest in inverse energy ETFs. Um, I don't know what those are doing right now, but there are a few from, I guess, ProShares and Direction that probably offer short exposure to the uh, energy space without that unlimited downside that you just referenced. Right, and I guess that is a benefit of inverse ETFs. Your downside is limited to zero, as opposed to when you outright short something. Yeah. So that's sure. that's a good wrap it up. Hope you all enjoyed today's podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in. So on behalf of myself and my colleague, Heather Bell, thank you. 
And please be sure to check out next week's episode at the same time at the same place. See you then. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.